Welcome to the Invite Only Podcast with your hosts, Cara Maria and Polly Calipuri. You are now invited. What's up, you guys? Welcome to a super special bonus episode of the Invite Only Podcast. We're your hosts, Cara and Polly. And last night on The Challenge, MTV Season 39, there was a little special something-something, wasn't there? There was a little special something-something. I can't quite put my finger on it, but hey. somebody made her long-awaited return <laughs> to The Challenge. For, How did it feel? For those who didn't have the visual, uh, he was putting his finger on it, it being me, myself, I. I was there. Cara was... <laughs> was taking my finger and putting it on her. Um, for those of you who don't have the visual. <laughs> it was so cool to be back. Uh, I just remember walking in and seeing TJ. And you know, as somebody who got to come back before me, a little a little comeback for you on season The Challenge USA. Mm-hmm. You know how amazing that felt to come back and to see TJ. And that alone was everything. I don't think I've ever been so excited to be in an elimination arena. Yeah, I think seeing TJ is like the ultimate thing when you come back. You know? Like getting back in the grind, it's cool and all. But seeing TJ is like the ultimate like, I'm back. You know, people say goats, legends. They just throw that around all over the place. There is one legend and one legend only when it comes to the challenge, the ultimate legend, and that is TJ, according to me. I, I agree. I and agree. TJ is TJ is the legend. Now, was this your first time as a mercenary? This was my first time as a mercenary. I've been, I forget what season I was on. Oh, <laughs> Cutthroat, the legendary banana pack backpack. Um, I was there. That was my first experience with mercenaries coming in. And I think that was the first time mercenaries ever even happened. And I remember the big... Um, backlash to that on the challenge cutthroat when um, we have that infamous scene of CT coming and going against Johnny in the reverse tug of war Um, and there was kind of a lot of backlash from the cast being like so why are these people who have nothing to do with the challenge coming in and screwing with our game and whatnot it's because it's a challenge expect the unexpected and in this case me coming in as a mercenary did have something to do with the game because there were no legends up in those stands uh, there were definitely no legends up in those stands, and definitely no legends in the making. I'll just put that out Ooh, there as preface. But um, anyway, how does it feel coming in as a mercenary? Because I, I feel like I feel like being dubbed as a mercenary is like the ultimate pat on the back, or at least it used to be. Um, I have seen some of the mercenaries that have come in on this season, and I was like, let's not water down the word. Um, not to name names, but I'll I'll let everybody else, you know, figure out who I might have been talking about in there. But when it comes to coming in as a mercenary, me as somebody who had watched the show, has experienced the show, I've witnessed mercenaries come in. Um, to me, it's like when a mercenary walks in, you want to be like, whoa. You know what I mean? I, so, like, what did it feel like that you were walking into the arena and you were that, like, whoa, whoa. moment? Ah, <laughs> I gotta say, coming in as a mercenary, there's there's uh, pros and cons to it. I remember, I know a lot of times I've been on the other side, as I said, on the mm-hmm. stands when mercenaries have come in. And my whole theory was, 
these people don't have anything to do with our game. They're coming in. They're coming in fresh. They just were doing their bicep curls at the gym. They're eating the food they want to eat. They got enough protein. They're good, right? They come in all fresh, you know, ready to go. And then there's us that are mentally messed up, all in the game, uh, probably physically messed up too, just trying to win a freak load of money. And these people are coming in and screwing over our chances. So there's two, two different uh, mindsets. So coming in as the mercenary, now I know what it's like to be on their side. And to be on the other side and to come in, um, there's a lot of expectation from, I mean, especially with this being my ultimate comeback, there's a lot of expectation. And for me, um, I actually operate better as the underdog. Mm -hmm. I know that I perform better when um, I am, my back is against the wall. Maybe people are treating me like crap. Maybe nobody believes in me. Maybe everybody's like, oh, you know, like, let's just keep, the, or maybe everybody believes in me, but they just want to get rid of me. You know, one or the other, I, that pressure of people want me gone, um, and me being invested in that pressure definitely helps my fire. So I'm coming into this with more excitement than that anger fire, because I don't know these people. I don't mm. have anything against them. You know, what's revving my engine? Money? Mm. Like, money's great. Obviously, I'm here to, to prove a point, um, but... You know, I was I was just so happy. Like, I'm coming in. Yeah, I'm fresh off the plane. You know, it's a long flight. You can I'm definitely tell happy. that you were happy. You can definitely tell you're happy. Like, you're like, you know, there's two types of mercenary entrances. There are. Right? There's, like, Jordan's mercenary entrance, Ooh. which is, like, very serious and very intense. That and, like, savage. I'm coming in. I'm, I'm all business. Like, I'm yeah, here to destroy somebody's life. And then, like, there's... It clips to you, and it's like you're like jumping around. You're like, ah! I wish you're just like, oh my god, super excited to I, come in. I wish I could have come in like a badass and been like, I'm gonna come in and mess up your game, ma'am, Car Maria. But I was so happy. Like I don't think I've ever. I was like, yay! I'm home. I'm here in the challenge. Like I'm so grateful. Like I'm so thankful that I just was excited I, I was just I wanted to have fun and I just was all smiles and yeah it was a totally different entrance then <laughs> it was it was all smiles and then you started roasting uh people I, um ooh, and it you wasn't know, even so you definitely all... roasted the cast a, a lot of it um all of it was not there all of it was not there um you call them the coupon cast I call them the coupon yeah coupon cast I mean to put it lightly like when I was with TJ I said you know when you're, what I say, like, you know, be careful with those half-off deals when you're stocking your shelves with mm -hmm. <laughs> knockoffs. I did, I called mm -hmm. them knockoffs. Mm -hmm. um, basically because, you know, they were given an extreme gift mm -hmm. of being able to come on a season with no dominant personalities to compete against. Mm -hmm. No other winners, no other champions. All these people got a luxury that you were never afforded. I was never afforded. Right? Because even though I was fresh me, I was thrown in with with a Durrell, you know, the, the Kennys, the Evans, the Landons, <clears throat> like big, big personalities just thrown right in with them. Um, and these people just get to come on in and yeah, sure, they might have to go against some of us in an elimination if they have bad luck or if they keep getting voted yeah, in, but... Yeah, it's, it's night and day different. And then once you know that, like, mercenaries are coming in and they're champs and stuff like that, it's night and day different, like, going into an elimination knowing that you don't 
have to see the person, live with the person. If the person wins, they're gone. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where I feel like everybody earns their stripes because they get put through the ringer when they first come on. Yeah. Right? So, like, when you came on in Fresh Meat, you got put through the ringer, you got thrown into a lot of eliminations. Um, when I came on, I got put through the ringer, maybe not so much from the elimination standpoint because people weren't able to do that when I was winning so many dailies. Um or controlling the strategy, no big deal. But definitely felt it from the you don't belong here standpoint. You're not one of us yeah. uh, standpoint. And I kind of feel like when you make it through that, you like earn your status amongst the greats. And I kind of feel like all of these people were like a hodgepodge mix of like, they were on their way to earning their stripes. And then it was like, oh, oh, sorry, you guys have been having it a little rough. Here's a season where none of those people are going to be there to give you a hard time. But we were Good there luck. for the fans. So we were the there for the fans. Fans would have something to watch and cheer we for. We were there for so the I fans. So I was happy to provide. I will say though, there's not enough uh, champions or legends to go around against every single one of these people. So there is a chance when you really think about it that one person could win this whole thing without seeing any of us in the sand. And well, that's what I'm case, saying. I mean, there's there's actually a handful of people who have never seen an elimination this season. So in that um, case, are they really a champ if they didn't have to go against a champ to make it to where they are? Or were they just smart strategically and well, socially to get there? Here's the thing. is There's an, a nuance to a social game, and there's a nuance to a strategy. However, I feel as though whoever wins this season... Um, I don't want to take away the fact that the person will be a champion because they will be a champion. However, what is your credibility as a champion? Comes right? with an asterisk. You beat, I, I don't know about an asterisk, right? Because an asterisk comes through like if there was some type of controversy surrounding the win, right? Which Fair. I feel as though whoever wins this season, they did not have to go through people who know how to play the game. Like, it was just a bunch of fresh people. You won a season of, of knockoffs, right? So to speak. So I feel as though if you really want to prove yourself and prove that you can win, you would have to do it on a season where all those people are there. Right? Well, whoever makes it out of this one, uh, I'm pretty sure maybe they'll have another chance in, in the, the lion's den. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Now, one thing that I really loved seeing was I loved seeing all of the overwhelming support of your return. I mean, Twitter was wild. Instagram was wild. So many people just going absolutely nuts. I don't even think they cared whether you actually competed or not. I think if you would have just made a cameo, said hi, and walked out, everybody would have still been like, yes. That was, I'll say time and time again, um, all of my love and gratitude and thanks is to everybody that stuck in my corner. Um, because without everybody saying, you know, when's car coming back? Even you, like we want car and Polly, but I mean, in this case, this was my moment and I finally got to come back and it was everybody that was like, I miss Cara. When am I going to see Cara? When are you coming <clears throat> back? And without all that, I don't know if I would have been able to be walking on that sand. So I give all the credit to everybody who was so hyped for my return who never stopped asking for me. It is, I mean, I wish I could have delivered a win on top of it. That would have been mm -hmm. great. But I think me just being in the arena and the fans, um, the the response to it, I mean, I, I feel like they still feel like they won. And I do too. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it was, a, it was a win all around. I mean, 
when I think of eliminations and when I think of mercenaries, I automatically assume that like, you know, mercenaries, right? The term mm. mercenary, right? The term mercenary is you are a hired gun to go in for the, for the most part, go and carry out some sort of violent act, right? It's true. So to me, watching you walk in and we've seen you do eliminations after eliminations and then you are gifted a puzzle. Mm -hmm. Does that, did, did that take some of the air out of your, you know, Dang. like when it walked, when you walked in and you were like, yeah, 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 you're hyping yourself up, you're doing your push ups in your room, yes. you know, you're getting hyped up and then you see a puzzle. I didn't know it was. And it's like, mm -hmm. you're a mercenary. I wasn't entirely sure what it was because when I walked in, I saw these giant boxes mm -hmm. and it reminded me of a CrossFit workout. And yeah, there was something. Did you think you, know, you were going to be box jumping? I didn't know. What, I I didn't know. I didn't think of it as a as a puzzle puzzle. It didn't come across as like a normal puzzle when you were looking at it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I thought there was going to be a lot of strength involved, which there was. I thought endurance was involved, which there was. Um, but yeah, when I did before I walked in, I was so thinking in my head. I'm like, dude. I'm like. They're going to give Laurel a balls in. They're going to give me a pole wrestle. They're going to give uh, Tori a hall brawl. They're going to give, you know, I just kept thinking of eliminations that you might have been put on the map for or known for was mm. the, you know, CT is going to come in and we don't know yet, but he's going to get, I think he's going to get a reverse tug of war. You, you know, because that was what we remember CT coming in and just, you know, absolutely putting a, a challenge moment on the map. Do you know what I mean? So I thought yeah. that these were going to well, be... Well, like, could you imagine if, like, the first time mercenaries were introduced and, like, they brought CT out and they were just like, count all these things in a box. Oh, my gosh. Against Johnny Bananas. The moments that get shared all the time and that talked about all the time, they are all physical, savage, savage moments. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's what I think of, like, when people think of mercenaries, they always think of... CT carrying Johnny. And I gotta say, as someone who's been on the wrong end of Laurel twice in eliminations, um, I was so, I was like, Laurel's, I was like, oh, she, Laurel's coming in, like, she's gonna really mess somebody else's day up this time instead of mine, you know what I mean? And when I saw her elimination, when I was doing the recaps with Darrell, and I was like, she's doing a, a color puzzle with what? Like, I was just like, she had to have felt like she was coming in to body someone. And then when she showed up and it was a puzzle, same as me, I showed up expecting physical and I saw that and I was like, my brain started twitching when they told me what we were going to do. And yeah. I don't know if it was really explained, um, but there was a puzzle, there was a picture on the top and on the bottom. So the picture on the bottom was a, was a bogey sort of situation. So you don't know when you're flipping it really. So was it a bogey situation or was the puzzle solvable on both sides? So like one was a different puzzle and it could have been solved down there. Other side was another puzzle that could have been solved up there. As far as I knew, it was only solvable on one side, but I could okay. be wrong. I don't know because th it was just different shades of gray. It was almost like the same pattern, but different shades of gray. So it wasn't like one side was blue and red. One side was black and white. Mm -hmm. It was a very, uh, th both sides were very similar. So that's really what threw me off because apparently at the end of the day, and it's easy to see when you're looking down with the drone, I had um, the middle piece 
apparently was was wrong and I didn't know that the middle piece I was trying to build around a middle piece and I couldn't so I think only one side was solvable yeah and you know it's just one of those things and and seeing the fan feedback yeah. on, yeah, you know, to... I think the back-to-back of, like, Laurel and then you. Like, I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm happy that I see the fans now asking for the, for the physical things, right? Because I'm not going to lie, right? Um, on Vendettas, when Mercenaries came in, Cam is Cam mm. because of that ring she, elimination she bodies right she's also very smart though everybody talks about Derek k and joss right like jordan came in and ruined shane's game right like completely and utterly just beat him and uh and destroyed him you know what i mean so that's what i think of when mercenaries come in it is to ruin somebody's the, game the people the the fans are very loud in what they want and what they enjoy and that is definitely they like to see a physical matchup. To the challenge's credit, though, and as somebody who is who has won a lot of physical eliminations but is in stature tinier than most of the other girls, mm-hmm. um, I just have a lot of fight in this dog, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing about having something unpredictable, and unfortunately, you've only had unpredictable, wild, crazy eliminations that mostly you've done well, but then you get down to a, a one-armed uh, beanbag toss, which, on an ice block, which, how do you train for the challenge? I will say, to the challenge's credit, um, it's un- it's unpredictable. So they throw out something like a block. If I come out and steamroll anybody because it's physical, you know, there's that. But if someone maybe doesn't have the strength, but they also, they might have the smarts or the social game, then they beat me in that and they have their moment. So it's, it's to, th- not making every elimination physical does add to the unpredictable factor. So I will, even though it's I- not my favorite thing... I do, I do understand the unpredictability you know? factor, and there's a million ways to skin a cat, right? Yeah. And I do like the unpredictableness. Yeah. Because otherwise you would just have a bunch of people that only train for the same yes. things all the time, and they would just be unbeatable at those things. I love the unpredictability factor. Um, I hate it. But, but I- once again, I think that... One thing we've learned from season after season after season of the challenge, I mean, it happened on, um, you know, War of the Worlds 1 when Johnny got thrown down with Morgan and you had the entire international crew of people helping Zahida mm-hmm. and Zach, like, figure out where the things on the map were. It's happened with Turbo. Um, it's, it's happened with Turbo. It happened with uh, Michelle and Jay mm-hmm. um, on, uh, I believe it was Ride or Dies. Um, it happened with Laurel. It happened with you. Um, Jordan has chimed in and said that it was happening uh, to all of the champs coming in. Um, do you think that when mercenaries are coming in, that the elimination should be something that no matter what the crowd is doing, it has no impact on that? Because like watching Jordan's elimination, right? It didn't matter what the crowd was yelling because ultimately they could just sit there and be like, Run faster. Left, right. Yeah. Get him, get him, do this, right? Because Jordan's reaction time and his ability to, and his strategy was able to trump what the crowd was able to do. For instance, on War of the Worlds 1, the, the puzzle thing that I did on the spinny thing, it was facing away from the crowd. Right, Nobody we, was able to help. Right. It was just... But, but that was you, that was your game. So I would, 
as much as I hate when I'm competing on the challenge, when I'm in the thick of it, and there's an elimination that the crowd who might be against somebody like me can help the other person, like what Turbo had to deal with, mm. unfair. There should absolutely be, they should absolutely be blind to not help the person in the center. But for a mercenary situation, if I was in the game and I had people that could help me come back and mercenaries came in and they had nothing to do with the game, nothing to gain, nothing to, except for a couple more extra bucks. I say in that aspect, the house, think of the uh, person, the competitor as the house. And I feel like the house should have an advantage against the outsider. So, so I don't yeah. think so at all. One person, one group or one pair or one person gets to win. Right. So if a mercenary comes in, I want them to beat somebody. Right. Right. But it's, it's unfair. I mean, it, it's unfair already for the person that's all, that's the one actually competing in the game to go against someone that's not in the game. You know, so in my opinion, even though it sucks, even though I think having the crowd help the other girl that Laurel was going against, whatever, I'm just using Laurel as an example because that was like really um, dramatically, the, the crowd was giving her all the answers, right? Um, and with, you know, my situation, when, when you're up high above and you can look down and see the pieces and how they're lining up and give help that way, yeah, I still think even though I lost, I still think that person that I chose to go against because it's already unfair to them, you know? So why should people in the house be given the advantage over a mercenary coming in and it just being physical. whatever? In my or not just physical, like anything. Why, why, if it's a puzzle, why should they be able to help? I think because if you were in the situation where you were on the stands and you won the challenge that day, or maybe you just didn't lose the challenge that day, so you, you at least stayed out of the bottom, and you also did the right thing politically to keep yourself from being voted in, but then some random person that has nothing to do with the game shows up and is like, I want you to come down for elimination. When you've otherwise been playing a pretty good either strategically, social, or just a good performance game, but you just get thrown in there out of shit luck because I chose you. Um, I think in cases like that, having a little advantage, you know, while people, while the fans might be yelling about it, I think I'm trying to understand for the perspective of the person that I yanked in. Um, I don't mind them having an advantage. If you go on the challenge, shouldn't you be ready to go into an elimination regardless? That's fair. Like, should, here's the thing. If you're going to go on the challenge mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and I'm not saying this for anybody, right? Yeah. But because um, I think Michelle's playing a great game. I like I think the fans are mistaking Michelle and Jay's game for a certain way where it's like I watched the episode and I was just blown away at the rest of the cast because I I you know, I caught a couple episodes early and I was like, "Oh, this is shaping up. Seems like lines are getting drawn and there's people here, people here." These people may be working here, but they don't really fully like these people and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then to watch this and we're past the halfway point and everybody's just like, oh, I got information. I got to run and tell Jay and Michelle, right? That's not Jay and Michelle's fault that they're doing that, right? And it's also not Jay and Michelle's fault that all of the people who are upset at what Jay and Michelle are doing are remaining like silent, like silent, silent as masses. But to go, to go back to my point. Yeah. Right. 
if you enter the challenge house, Expect the unexpected. you need to be able to defend yourself from a strategic standpoint. And if that doesn't work, you need to have the fail safe of being able to defend yourself from a mental standpoint, whether it's a mental elimination or a mental daily. Um, you need to be able to defend yourself from a strategic standpoint from, and I'm talking like not chess strategy. I'm talking strategy of the elimination and you need to be able to defend yourself from a physical elimination. Sure. Right. So I think, I think that you have to expect to possibly go in even when you're safe. Sure. Then you know what? That's the best mindset to have. And I definitely see both sides. Um, you just stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Never feel safe on the challenge. I think is the ultimate, uh, lesson to be learned here. So, yeah, I feel ya. Make this known. Uh, purple shirt, orange shirt. It was it was a million percent right hand to God. Not coordinated. Like, Laurel is my rival. That ain't my friend. We ain't chit-chatting. Um, and that's why when that review came with me and Doral watching the elimination, and I was like, Laurel said purple shirt or purple jet. I died. Because that was the first time that I heard her say that. I was like, I literally called Michelle orange shirt. <laughs> like... Yeah. I mean, it definitely made for some great memes yeah. on the internet. It was great. Um, like, you know, I watched the whole episode, and it's like, I was a little disappointed, you know, and it goes back to, it's like, you have all these people who are on a show where no polarizing characters are there, and there's really not any polarizing characters rising to be like, I am the future of the show. Um, you know, uh, Colleen gets voted in. She gets voted in, right? She's pissed that she's voted in. It's like, I got nothing to lose. I got nothing to lose, nothing to lose, nothing to lose. And then, you know, she's down there in the deliberation. Doesn't say a peep. Votes for Raven, who was the other person on the chopping block. And then it gets to Raven. And Raven's like, I can't stand these people. I can't stomach these people. I'm going to say something. And she votes for herself. So nobody's saying anything. Well, it's like nobody's sitting there and, you know, calling people out. Like the votes were literally, it was like 12 to 1. And I think it was only because one person was like, I'm not going to vote for Raven. I'm going to vote for Mariah. And it's like, okay, that's great. But you achieved nothing in that in that thing. And then afterwards, it's like everybody going to Colleen and Raven, like whisper, whisper, whisper. Oh, I can't believe they think they're this. They think they're that. Say it. Say it. Say it with your chest. Say it with your chest. Like, Um, you're whispering behind, you know. Well, then you know what? I'm glad that I picked who I picked because coming into the the challenge, I truthfully didn't really know much about anything or anybody. And so I, my main goal when I found out that the same people were getting put in over and over again, that's the only thing I knew because the Mm -hmm. girls said, I've been down this many times. I've been down this many times. They haven't been down at all. And when she said that, because I know people want to think there's a whole lot more going on that we know. We don't know anything. And what, like you guys are fans at home are watching the show. You understand the social dynamics and what's happening. And you're putting that on me who's coming in, walking in, knowing nothing of what's going on in the house at all. Till I set foot in the arena. And when I set foot in, I really didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was about to do. Um... And the girls down there were both like, none of those girls have been down. They keep putting us in. And I said, you know what? I don't like that. So my whole goal of asking them was to cause chaos and to see if they would say another name. Try to save yourself. Because I know what happens when those girls 
are in a situation when they're all besties, of course, you're not going to throw your best friend in, but then you have a fall guy and it's just, you just say the same name over and over again, hope they come back so you can say their name again and ride them to the end. And I have been made a hero from the one being going in over and over again, and I have made heroes off of voting the same person in to get rid of them, whether it was my own issues or whatever. So I've been on both sides to know how this is going to go. And my whole point was, I want one of them to have to say one of their friends' names because that makes a great show, and that's what the fans really want to happen. So I was kind of there for them as well. And when the first person I asked, Orange Shirt, would not say another name, you're in a situation, what do you think is going to happen? I didn't even want to give another girl a chance to say, oh, um, I'll throw another name because they wouldn't. Because if I let Michelle say... I can't say another name because I just could never say another girl's name. If she did that, the girl next to her would have said the same thing. The girl next to her would have said the same thing, and there'd be no point. So it's one of those situations where you got to put your. You could have did any mini money mo. I don't. I just went whoever. That would have been hilarious. I didn't. Um, I just went with whoever was first in line. So but, yeah. I had to at that point. I had to. I was like, okay. So if you're not going to say another name, then I'm going to say yours. And she goes, well, okay, that's fine. And when she said that. You gotta give somebody props for that. All right, way to take it. Honestly, Michelle took it on the chin. Like she was like, "Fair enough," and yeah. she went down and she did it. Like she took it. I have to give she, it. That. She took it on the chin. Um, yeah. So with that, guys, that is exactly how that went down. And uh, Michelle ended up, you know, putting her money where her mouth is. And at the end of the day, I didn't ruin somebody else's game. To be honest, and I. I don't have any beef with anybody. I don't know anybody. Like, I don't have any vendettas against these new people. You know? Like, if it was the vacation I've, alliance... I've got, I've got beef with cast members who have literally provided nothing all season. Fair. Tweeting and, you know, being like, I cannot wait till the reunion! Alright, well, and it's like, it. if you... If that is your moment of, like... I didn't do anything here, but... Wait until the reunion, everybody. It's really not going to work out that way because you did nothing of value to be talked about at the reunion. So I'm Paul just, I'm just ent- letting you know. He just wants to be entertained. I uh, want to be entertained. You guys aren't entertaining me. Was I? You were entertained. Did I cause some chaos? You. That's all that matters. You caused some chaos, and that was. Uh, I think that's what everybody's been been asking for, and and I and I'm glad that you brought it. You brought some chaos. You brought some entertainment. I did. Um, and you brought something that kept people talking. Um. First of all, the whole day leading into it, while it was happening, and people are still talking about it uh, two days afterwards. Well, so. if there's one thing that I like to do is, let's give them something to talk about. Guys, this has been another episode of The Invite Only Pod. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, if you like what you said, if, if you like what we said, if you don't like what we said, let us know in the comments. Sound yeah. off. We want to hear from you guys. And if you're going to take sound bites from this to like post it on socials to be Do like, it. oh, they ate or like, I don't agree or I'd like, just make sure you tag the podcast and yes. where you listen to it. Don't just let a 15 second clip stand alone. I want people to hear the whole thing. Rate the show, share the show, and follow it so that you never miss an episode because uh, we got all the good stuff plus bonus bonus episodes like this one. You never know what's going to happen. Never know when we're going to drop a bonus. Bonus. Never going to get a bonus. <laughs> going to get a little boner. A little boneroni. Boneroni. Give it to me. Bye. Bye.